Hello and welcome to the Home Assistant Podcast. My name is Phil. Joining me as usual, I've got Rohan. Hey, Rohan. Hey, how's it going? Good, thank you. And today we're joined by another Canadian, Mike. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Today's episode of the Home Assistant Podcast is brought to you by Home Assistant Cloud by Nabucasa. Easily access your local Home Assistant instance remotely for a small monthly fee that supports the Home Assistant and ESP Home projects. Configuration is done via the user interface, so no fiddling with router settings, SSL certificates, or any YAML. All right, Mike. Um, so, yeah, you are from Canada. I think, what, like two hours away from Rohan? Yeah. Or- uh, supposedly just down the just down the 401 you know it's uh yeah. it's close but far that's right yeah so i want to start with so we started from uh in your home automation journey but i guess uh how we got introduced was uh last year we ran a competition um i think celebrating the home assistant podcast birthday um we wanted to hear how people were using home assistant and you were one of the runner-up uh entries that we uh had on the podcast um, and so, yeah, we'll rehash that out in a minute and I'm going to have so many questions for you because uh, I think, you know, the premise of your automation is all about your kids and your family and how that's really helped you. So I've got a ton of questions for you there. So I guess if we can go back to like, how did you get started in home automation? Is home assistant where you started or have you been doing it a long time? Yeah, so pretty much straight off the bat, I think it was the only choice that I was aware of. Um, I run a bunch of services at home. I've got a whole, um, you know, virtualization setup, mm-hmm. and I think my one buddy mentioned it to me. He said, "Hey, look, look what I found. This looks really neat." Um, and I said, "Oh, that's cool. You know, I have no reason to use that. I don't have anything that could work with it." And then I think for my birthday or Christmas, my wife ended up getting me the um, the Hue. Gen one, you know, starter set. Oh, yeah. Starter kit, yeah, you get like the yeah, the starter the, kit, the yeah. So hub this is, and three globes yeah, and yeah, exactly. So this is entirely her fault, um, <laughs> and she hasn't complained about it. So I think I think I've got it designed well enough that um, it's it's usable. Um, and even then, I was still like, I didn't put two and two together on it, and I was like, this. Who needs this stuff? This is silly, you know. But you can just turn on the light switch. Like, why? I don't, you don't you don't need this stuff. This is yeah. you know, I've got a timer for my outside lights, you know, and you know, now here I am. I have I don't know how many automations <laughs> later, and uh, um, uh, that's where I'm at now. Um, and that was at our old place. We moved about two years ago, so um, I've started putting in a lot more effort in the new place because there was that oh. You know, we don't know if we're moving or not, and uh, that's that's kind of where I'm at now. <laughs> yeah, and and I guess in 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 the competition entry, you talk about you know the free first line is I have twins, right? Which which makes life complicated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's the entire impetus for the move. We used to live out um, in the uh, suburbs of the town I'm in, and the my wife doesn't drive. Right. So uh, when we found out we were having twins, she was like. We are moving closer to transit, yeah. to our downtown yeah. area where she can walk and do things. Uh, and so that kind of started to look for the house and we found a place that matched and uh, it was a brand new build. So I could, um, nice. you know, I got the builders to run me double Ethernet runs to every room and, you know, all that stuff to set up and be ready to, you know, wire everything together. Nice. So doing that, like, build and, and doing all those like ethernet runs have you 
utilized anything of that yet or have you got like spare conduit in the walls that you can run wires into in the future if you need to and have you started doing anything with that yet? Uh, no spare conduit. Um, the only, I'm not using any of the Ethernet in any of the rooms yet for anything, um, but I'm sure, you know, when my uh, girls are older, they're going to want a TV, so I'll have to set up like a Apple TV yeah, and stream stuff like that. Yeah. So, you, you know, uh, it's not there yet, but it was it was future-proofing. Um, but all that terminates down into my basement in a little closet that I have all the stuff that runs, um, you know, Home Assistant and everything else. That's cool. So, and that leads us to a great you know, segue. What are you running Home Assistant on in that little box? Um, yeah, so I have a, a NUC. Um, I think it's an Intel mm-hmm. i3, i5, I forget. Um, but, uh, on that I'm running, uh, Proxmox as the hypervisor. And then I have another VM running a whole bunch of Docker containers and, um, everything home assistant related is in one, you know, I use Docker compose, right. uh, it'll spin up home assistant, uh, uh, JS, uh, I can't even remember half the other ones. Yeah. Um, so many, right? So it's all, you know, update is just pull update the containers. It restarts, uh, it's happy. Everything, everything launches and i don't have to think about it too much <laughs> i like it so yeah so twins come into your life you've uh yeah got uh, i guess time poor all of a sudden uh that's right yeah, there's that's so right. much <laughs> so much kid stuff behind you um what was so what was the first automation that you sort of found useful that you wanted to build as soon as you found out what or the, as soon as the like, twins arrived, what's yeah? What so we were we moved yeah we moved in here in August and they were born in December. So I had a few months to like get the nursery ready and mm, plan things right. out. So I was putting a lot of thought into that, and it was initially you know okay we're going to be changing diapers at two in the morning, like five times a night. Um, I don't want to turn on the overhead light. What do I do? And so um, I got some cheap LED Zigbee strip off Amazon and um, I've, I've tacked it to the back of um, we have a dresser in there that also is also the change table. And that um, I had a, a you know, a Ikea outlet plug mm-hmm. um, toggle switch uh, combo. And I just reused the toggle switch button and mounted it to the side of the dresser as well. So that that way, like, you don't have to, I don't got to find my phone. I don't got to do anything. Yeah, say anything. My wife can use it. My mother-in-law can use it to, cause she was helping us out so much. So, yeah. um, you know, that, that was the primary thing. And anything since then, I've sort of been tacking on a little bit things to make our lives easier because, um, you know, they were three months when COVID hit. So a lot of the stuff I had planned for to allow for grandparents and aunts and uncles to like, just, um, hit this one button. I've got a little, um, Xiaomi, like, you know, the circle buttons that, uh, mounted, mounted on the outside of the nursery door. And literally it's like, you want to put them to sleep, hit that button and it'll do the rest of the stuff. And it's, that is slowly built up over time. Um, but that, that was the starting, like, okay, what do I do? Uh, I, I, I'm not going to have time when they're born. <laughs> so yeah. how do I, how do I prepare essentially? Yeah, that's nice. So I'm guessing, yeah, like just that one button that does the whole thing is actually, I um, have just started with, we've started a, a nighttime routine with my daughter um, and same thing, right? Like uh, I think we've got like the big square Xiaomi buttons that are Zigbee push that. Um, if it's nighttime, it'll dim the lights, start playing some music and then push it again. Lights go out. Um, it's so incredibly helpful. Yeah. So that's exactly it. And I've added to it over time. Um, uh, so now the whole sequence is you hit the button. Um, 
they're two and a half now. So the it's it's changed over time. So the current setup is essentially hit that button. It'll turn off the overhead light. It'll turn on a, um, a little fan. I've got um, some uh, MQ, uh, some ESP um, outlet relays um, running ESP home on them and turn on the fan, turn on the white noise. Um, in the winter, it'll determine whether it's, um, you know, cold enough or whatever, uh, with the temperature sensor having there to turn on the humidifier. Nice. Um, and now that they're older, the side of the crib's not on either. So it, that, that, that button on the outside basically flips an input boolean um, to say nap modes on. And it does a whole whack of stuff. Um, it's probably the most important switch I have in the entire automation <laughs> sure, setup right sure. now. Um, yeah. But I've also got one of those, um, you know, uh, Xiaomi door uh, detection things. So the problem we're having right now is they'll get up out of bed at whatever, or even when it's time for them to go to sleep, we'll go downstairs, you know, start watching a movie or something and they'll get up and open the door and if they're being quiet about it, we, we don't know. So, mm. um, that'll push a notification to our phone and do a few other, um, things. It also, um, we can talk about it in a little bit. Um, but it also sends some notifications, to the TV, um, that was the, uh, um, what you mentioned off the top of the show, which was the, uh, the contest thing. But, um, mm. yeah, that's, that's the nap mode in general, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I like it because it's interesting. Um, we had a, a guest a couple of episodes ago now. I can't remember who it was. Apologies, but they were saying um, that uh, they're one of the impetus of having uh, moving to an like an armed night mode of their home alarm system was that you know their daughter was able to get into the garage and go into the car without them knowing in the middle of the night, right? <laughs> and waking up and not finding their daughter. Yeah, that's scary. Um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so yeah, can totally see why you've had to you know yeah put that in place right we have a gate at the top of the stairs which is not so much of an automation and you know sometimes i even forget to lock it closed yep. so i yep. maybe i'm going to put a door sensor on that <laughs> remind us hey it you left that open yeah <laughs> yeah it's interesting yeah and then sometimes i do wonder right like my my default is to always um say oh yeah i'll put a window sensor on it right or like uh, i'll somehow get it into home assistant but then maybe i should just get a wouldn't it be easy just buy a spring that then automatically closes the gate maybe like yeah just take technology the, out of the mix i don't know i always I, put in how simple can this be right i think that that is my default yeah, yeah. uh design setup you know if if my if if my mother-in-law can't use it when she's helping us with the kids don't <laughs> don't set that up yeah, that's fair. I mean, what, what what other kind of design things are you taking into consideration for building for other people like that, right? So whether it's your mother-in-law or whatever other family or friends or whoever. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's how do I make this as simple as possible without being annoying, um, and how do I get the maximum value out of it for me as well, having the ability to you know do it from the complicated side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, one other challenge we had with the kids was, um, um, we have a dog. She's lovely. She doesn't bark or do anything until someone rings the doorbell and then she goes absolutely bananas. And so when the kids were younger and, um, you know, COVID was going on, we're getting lots of deliveries, you know, grocery, we're getting groceries delivered, we're getting diapers delivered, all that stuff. And, um, of course, delivery person would show up five minutes into nap time starting and it's just like, okay, we get to sit down and have a break. Yeah. 
Oh, I still ding watch. dong, and dog yeah. goes crazy, and then the kids are up, and it's okay. There goes our afternoon of being able to sit down and like you know, have a coffee and maybe do some dishes, and, you know, have some have some adult time. Uh, so I quickly got very upset with that. Yeah, and you know, my wife my wife ended up putting a piece of tape on the doorbell that said, "Please knock," because <laughs> she'll bark when someone knocks, yeah, but yeah. she doesn't go ballistic. Right. And I said, okay, perfect. That'll be fine. You know, whatever. Of course, you know, Ding dong. delivery person just walks up, slams the doorbell. They're running to go do the next delivery because, you know, they're overloaded. And I was like, okay, I got to figure this out. Um, and I think, you know, just a quick Google, I think uh, Frank um, had a, a blog post somewhere uh, where he just, you know, took a little relay and an ESP device and used DSP home to do it. And of course, in Europe, I think that's where he's from. Um, doorbells are direct current. Um, over here, in, uh, at least in North America or in Canada, anyways, uh, they're they're AC current. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I had to take a bit of um, extra parts, uh, and I've got a. I need to cover it with something. Right now, it's just a mess of wires. Nice. But essentially, I've got a, a ASP device uh, with integrated relay, and the, um, I found like a power supply for like a 12 volt you know uh, motorcycle battery or something that gives me the right voltage for powering the the output and i've wired that in line with the doorbell and it looks at that nap mode input boolean and if you know nap mode's on uh don't don't ring the doorbell and to your your earlier question don't be annoying um i used to have it play on some uh, sono speaker to say hey someone's at the door um that worked for a little bit my wife got annoyed with it and also the dog caught on that that's the new doorbell. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So qu- quickly, quickly, I said, okay, that's fine. I'll I'll stop saying, you know, playing the hey, someone's at the door um, voice to you know the Amazon lady off the Sono speaker, and just push a notification to our phones, and that's that's been working great since just through um, the Home Assistant app, which uh, I run and uh, my wife runs and actually uses as well. So uh, that keep yeah. it simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's the problem I have with that though is. How do you get non-home people to get those notifications, right? So how would you get the mother-in-law to have those notifications that, that someone at the door, if both you and your wife are out, right? It's We haven't it's, had that problem a lot yet. It's not something I've had to design for. But now that, um, you know, people are starting to go out more, at yeah. least here in Ontario. Um, and, you know, we've been... We don't get out a lot because, you know, finding babysitters for yeah. a night is, uh, you know, asking family or... Uh, asking for uh, you know adding an extra cost to your evening sure. um it's it's a design problem i'm running into more than i'm gonna have to try and solve um so you know i'll have to be is nap mode on are we both away you know mm-hmm. play something uh, you know i haven't figured that out yet it hasn't been a problem yet um i guess that's the other thing a lot of my design stuff is where's the pro identify the problem identify solution implement the solution is is sort of how it goes yeah, makes sense. Have you thought about like tablets on the wall or anything like that as a another way to interact with the house? Uh, not yet. It's you know I've, I I have a Trello list of like when I think yeah. of something and um and honestly I when I does. listen yeah. when I listen to the podcast and I get some sort of inspiration from somebody else's um, story, I go oh that's a great idea and like I you know, I'll, I'll throw it in my to-do list. So I've got a, probably a to-do list a mile long and I don't think tablets are high on the list. I don't know how my spouse would feel about that yet. Yeah. 
And also then it's designing a UI for everybody else in such a way that they, you know, how do they interact with it? So, That's a good you know, point. if I can just keep it to light switches and, and, keep it as normal of a house as possible. That's probably the best way to go about it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've got, I've got, um, uh, I guess, sort of a display. I've, I've, um, I've got an Apple watch and uh, I use the the home assistant app and you can actually template out um, a bunch of stuff. And I think, I don't know if it'll show up on camera, but you can see, I've got a bunch of uh, like in the center oh, yeah. area here, I've got mm. a bunch of like icons and um, it, it, it only updates every about 15 minutes, but I don't look at my watch that often. So, um, I think I forget on the, on the home assistant discord. Um, you know, I lurk in there sometimes and, um, I think Zach, the guy who writes the app, um, was having a conversation with someone about that. And I went, Oh, that's a great idea. Um, so I have some status. Um, I just used emojis. Um, you know, nice. the lock icon to say is the front door locked. Yeah. Um, an up arrow for the garage is open, a down arrow for the garage is closed. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then, um, a few other, like I got the, uh, the AC temperature, like what's the house temperature. And then more specifically, what's my kid's room's temperature. Cause right. they're above the garage and can get quite warm. Mm. Um, and I don't have a, I don't have a good way to force more cold air up there. And, um, so, you know, it reminds me to go put a fan in their door to blow some cold air in there in yeah, the summer, yeah. um, sort of thing. So, um, and then I never remember what, we have an alternating garbage schedule. Like one week it's um, just recycling yeah. and, and green, green waste. And the other week it's um, garbage, you know, garbage and all that. Yeah. And um, so on um, there's actually an integration that um, pulls from the API from the, my region, what the schedule is. Um, so I didn't have to like program a schedule because it always changes around Christmas and new years and holidays and stuff. And so um, I put a little uh, like trash bin emoji on there on the night before um, garbage day. And, uh, you know, the recycling symbol, it, it just reminds me, you know, I'll look at this it is what you've got to do usually after lunch or whatever. I go, oh, yeah, today's that day. I got to take out, oh, I got to go change awesome. the, you know, the diaper bin and do all that stuff. So yeah. um, it doesn't push me notification. It doesn't, it's not in, in your face. It's just sort of a, oh, a gentle reminder, you know, I, you don't look at your watch all day long, but you, Oh, Hey, what time is it? Oh, right. I got to take out the garbage tonight. So that's, you know? Yeah. So it's like what, like every, like, I don't know what, whatever your garbage day is so like Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever, you, the emoji just pops up with like recycle bin or garbage can or something like that. Yeah, ex exactly. Cool. Yeah. Along with all the other status information I have in there that are just emoji based just to try and compact. Yeah. Yeah all that information to the smallest few lines as possible. Is, is that a community API or is that like a separate third party app that actually has? Cause no, nope, no, nope. that's, it's all through the home assistant app. Um, so, uh, no, I mean, I mean where you're it, pulling the, the schedule from. Oh, the schedule. Yeah. So I think it's called, uh, recollect is the integration name. Okay. Let me just double check here. Yeah, I've got some, a, um, like an actual yeah. official integration in home assistant. Oh, that's cool. There's an official integration in home assistant called recollect. Now I don't think they're using an official API. It's you have to like go get, mm -hmm. you have to use the app or their website. If I remember correctly to get like the code for your area and a whole bunch of other things. Like I just, I'm, I'm happy and I'm very surprised that it hasn't broken yet. Um, so whoever whoever wrote that, thank you. And whoever on the you know the recollect waste side hasn't broken their API yet, like other things I've had to fix. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you for not breaking it. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's some good um like hacks add-ons as well um that you can find in the like in the hack store so and they just use dates, right? Um yeah. for a long time I was just using a template sensor literally like you know, we're just on a rotating fortnightly roster, right? Like, so if it's an even week, it means it's recycling. If it's an odd week, it means it's green waste. Um, I did run into the occasional issue where, like, if you get 53 weeks or, you know, the week numbers change mm. after New Year's Day, right? Then you just Breaks. have to update your template once. But, yeah. no, with yep. the, like, I think I'm using, um, I can't remember what it's called now. It's like garbage collection or something like that. It's one mm. of the, the hacks add-ons. You just put in your schedule. Um, and it will add in, like, in a calendar in Home Assistant as well, what um, week it is, so you can see what upcoming, yeah, you know, yeah. what you need to do. Um, and then I just have a push notification to the phone, right? Like, Sunday, I think, is our night that I have to go out on, and just, before, I think, 30 minutes before sunset, um, send a reminder to say, hey, make sure you put the bins outside. I've also got a um, an input select to say if the bins are out on the street, and then the following day when they need to come back inside, another reminder will pop up and say, hey, don't forget to bring the bins inside because I'm, you know, it gets late, it gets the dark, yeah. and I go, crap, I haven't brought the bins in, right? Yeah, so, yeah. There's so many times when it's just out of the driveway, and I'm like, my wife's yeah, like, yeah. This, is, this is embarrassing. We are the only people with our stuff still outside. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should do that. And you've got, like, the the junkies looking, oh, yeah, these guys must be on holiday. I'll, I'll, I'll come over to them later. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Take some, their TV or something, no. right? No, it, it, honestly, it's not even no, that. I it tend to be walking the... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Yeah, I just tend to be walk the dog a few times, so I just you know walk out the front door. Oh yeah, it's done. Yeah. What, what done, you yeah. should do, Phil, is get like a, a Bluetooth low blue, low energy Bluetooth mm-hmm. sensor, and then have a yeah. Actually, I think this just released. They have the Bluetooth uh, relay through ASP devices, which yes. is super cool. Yeah. Yep. And then you know stick one of those in your garage, and if it's not close, then you uh, I've bring them in. Phil, thought about that. I've thought about. Um, but that's overcomplicating it. Yeah, <laughs> so. exactly right. I mean, I could just, yeah, like I also got the, how do I ensure that when the garbage truck picks it up, that it doesn't put the Bluetooth tracker into the garbage <laughs> and then I've lost, you know, like a nice $30. Bluetooth tracker. Yeah. Device, yeah. Yeah, right? Straight in the rubbish. Well, right? the ones, the ones um, here, because we have, I don't know how it is for you, Mike, but we have like blue boxes right so they're literally just like the the box yeah. i know like some places like city of toronto has like the actual like pails with the covers and everything like that we don't have that here no um, yeah we're just the the bins exactly yeah. so and typically because they're they've got so many houses to hit right i don't blame them they, they take it they chuck it in and then chuck the box right and i've literally oh, yeah. i've literally seen one guy like he chucked it too far he runs over just starts kicking it all the way to the house right and it's like tracker is not <laughs> trackers are built for that yeah, no so, but that that that's the other side of the problem, right? Where it's it's, a, it's not, I'm not even worried about the tracker like falling apart. I'm worried about like uh, you know, the, kudos to the boxes because they hold up pretty well considering like the abuse <laughs> they go through. But they, I've literally seen mine get kicked down the street. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's also another battery to worry about. Too, yeah, so. yeah, that's yeah that's well, you could do you could do like right. a passive uh, BLE sensor right so like exactly like how they have like with like rfid tags and like stuff like that and you just stick it kind of on the side of it um and they're not expensive but again i'm just i'm i would be worried about you know it getting thrown onto something and like cutting the radio and stuff like that and then now it's like another thing i have to deal with right yeah it's not it's it's over complicated it's easier for me to just look at look at the window (laughs) yeah well that's it right i think that's where just if it's outside of the window not there I guess. Yeah. 
Uh, cool. So you mentioned before that you've got, so you started with the Philips Hue kit. Then you mentioned before you got Z-Wave as well. So have you like sort of got a, a mishmash between Zigbee, Z-Wave? Have you moved on to another one? We've gone, just kept them both running? What, what sort of your I've I use whatever whatever I think is going to work the best for the given situation and isn't costing an arm and a leg. Um, <laughs> yeah. so at the old place, you know, I, I, before we decided to start moving, um, you know, I was like, okay, I want to, I want more lights. I want, I want more stuff. Yeah. So I picked up some, I think GE Jasco Z wave, yeah. um, uh, things and I, you know, wired it to our front hall light. So, um, you know, somebody came home, light turns on. Um, and if we weren't home back when we didn't have kids, we went out and did things, uh, before COVID too. Um, it would, uh, you know, if we're not home, it would, it would, I have an automation that doesn't fire very often anymore, but, um, at just before sunset, I have an automation that'll run to say, you're not home is the dog home. Mm -hmm. And it'll, you know, yes, no, um, response in the notification through the home assistant app. And that'll set, a another flag to say that the dog's home by themselves or not. And then I'll, you know, turn on the light, leave them a light on, uh, that that's sort of where that went. And when we moved, I, you know, I had ripped those two switches out of the wall. Thankfully it wasn't 50 or 60 switches I had to rewire or anything like that. Yeah. But, um, uh, since we moved, um, you know, I've added a few more Z-Wave uh, switches. The ones that I really like so far are the, um, the Innovelli ones. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got a couple of their switches and, uh, one of their dimmers, uh, my basement here, uh, the lights above can dim. Um, but I've been trying to buy more and there's just no chip supply at the moment. So yeah. I think in is coming out with a blue, um, they, they do colors, um, for their models. I think they're coming out with a blue version. That's an integrated switch and dimmer and it uses Zigbee. Um, oh, interesting. I haven't looked recently. Yeah. I haven't looked recently whether it's available or not yet, but I think, they're switching probably due to supply uh, chain constraints on chips. Sure. Um, I've been looking to try and do a few more switches, but there's just no stock. Um, so, you know, most of my wall switches right now are Z-Wave, but I'd have no qualms about doing a, a mix of both. It's just sure. sort of what works for the given application and what can I get my hands on right now is uh, more of the issue. Mm. Um, the other the other thing that I can't get a hold of is I think Inovelli sells a, a fan controller that's Z-Wave. It's it's out of stock. Um, I'd really love to automate. I've got a ceiling fan in my bedroom that you know mm -hmm. my wife doesn't want it running overnight, but we turn it back on again in the morning, and then she forgets to turn it off when she comes downstairs to go to work. Sure, leaves that light on, and you know there's all all those fun things that I'd like to do, but it's just I can't can't get a hold of them. And if I can, I don't have the budget right now because I'm paying for two kids in daycare. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wonder, yeah. can you use a dimmer for the fan control? Because I like I've seen things here, like down under, and it looks like from what I can see, the research I've done, doing like the like big overhead ceiling fans, right? Um, to control the speed of those, it's just like our switches down here are just dimmers. Um, so could you do something similar up there? Uh, I don't believe so. Uh, I believe the wiring for my fan is there's a, a, a remote in the wall. Right. And it actually wirelessly talks to a controller, and the fan motor yeah. itself is actually um, the fan motor itself is actually DC. So you need that mm. AC input, and then D the DC fan control for the motor. Um, at least that this style of fan. I'm sure we could probably even get one here that's similar to that, but that's just not what I have installed. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's it's finding something smart that can do that smart fan control. 
Um, and some of even the nicer ones can like modulate the speed. So it ends up yeah. feeling like a, a breeze outside. Mm, so like, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of wanting to go that route, but I just, I can't find one that's cost effective and also in stock. Yeah. Hey everyone. I just wanted to take a minute to talk about the Eufy video lock. It's a smart lock. That's really easy to set up with just a Phillips screwdriver and no extra drilling. It's got a keyless entry, so you don't need to worry about fumbling with the keys when your hands are full. Also, you don't need to worry about handing out extra keys when you're in a pinch, your kids losing them, or people copying the key and passing it around to each other. Something else I like about the Eufy Video Lock is that it has a camera built in and it works as a doorbell as well. Personally, I think the Eufy Video Lock is great for apartments or cottages where you can't necessarily add extra holes for a video doorbell. My favorite part about it though is that there isn't a monthly fee and your recordings are locally stored, so you don't have to worry about someone else owning your doorbell data. You can find it on Amazon, or if you want to know more, search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. We talked about the Innovelis, which is like ages ago. And I think I wanted to, um, I would have loved to use them because they've got like the lights that you can change color yeah. Like yeah. for status yeah. and all that. Mm-hmm. Like really cool. But I don't think they make them um, for the Australian Z-Wave frequency. So obviously out of luck there. But I'm hoping is this, like... Is if, the Zigbee frequency the same or is yeah, it Zigbee's, Yeah. And that's why I'm hoping like you mentioned like they're moving more towards like a Zigbee um frequency then that should be able to like be more internationally recognizable right mm-hmm. um they would just need to get certifications on all I, the markets they want to go into uh, they got the certifications on their z-wave so i don't see why they wouldn't for that um i really like their switches um i have um now you mentioned at the led i changed the color based on um it's i'm sure i could do more complicated things but right now is just all is all the are, all are the all are all the doors locked Yep. normal blue default color that they have. If a door is unlocked, it changes to red. Nice. Um, the only dimmer I have right now, actually just over here, I have a switch for the hall in the basement and then a dimmer for these ones. Yeah. Um, and the dimmer one, I, uh, I change color for the garage door. If the garage door is up, uh, you know, red, and then same mm. with the switch here. Um, is the doors locked or unlocked? Because, you know, uh, we don't spend as much time down here in the basement uh, at the moment. I'm sure we'll do more in the winter with the girls. This is sort of the play area. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the like, did I close the garage door? Um, you know, my watch status doesn't update. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a limitation on the on on the Apple stuff. It doesn't update often enough, so it's just a visual. Oh, oh crud! I forgot to to close yeah. that when I absolutely came inside. You know, so yeah. There's there's actually even uh, a little article that. Uh, someone by the name of Nick Thompson wrote uh, from WWT that was shared with me a while ago uh, where they leverage, again, WebEx endpoints, API endpoints to say, hey, are you on a call? Are you not? Whatever. And to change the status color of those LEDs while that's happening. So if somebody, because the idea is typically the light switches when you walk into a room, right? So you can look if, let's say, you know, your, your partner or kids or anybody like even a guest that's coming in you're on a call they don't necessarily realize they can say oh red light okay let me back out of the room or, or wh- whatever color right mm. so it's i'm but, i'm sure i'll get there yeah, um, yeah. it's not a problem yet so i haven't had to, i haven't had to design the solution yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but it's uh it's pretty cool yeah i always i like to use um uh, the Philips Hue bulbs around the house, like because I don't have those switches, right? So you know, if dishwasher's clean, then lights around the house are pink. 
to yeah. sort of give that subtle, you know, hey, go and get the dishwasher sort of thing. But like, yeah, yeah that's the willing use case of those like the lights right in those switches. Um, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I just wish I could get more of them. You know, <laughs> oh, I know, right? Like. Yeah. Do you find that like, so in the, in the new house that you built, cause again, one of the problems that I've had and one of the reasons I really like Lutron is because of how thin their, uh, smart switches, whatever are right. The light switches and stuff. Um, do you find that your house has like a deeper, uh, wall box or do you find that you're still like squishing cables in there and, and doing that kind of thing? Um, so I, you know, for, for you Australian listeners, uh, we don't need Sparkies to come do our own stuff. Uh, we can, uh, <laughs> we can, we can do it ourselves. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but, uh, the, the, whoever the electricians were for the subcontractor who did my new place were fantastic. Um, yeah. uh, at my old place, they used the light switches as like junction boxes to connect like yep, same random other stuff. And I just couldn't fit things in there and it was so annoying yeah um but here they've minimized that um they did a nice any any wall plate i've opened is nice and deep and clean and like there's only the wires necessary it's it's wonderful i really whoever my subcontractors were like super thumbs up thank you um but uh now that you mentioned lutron that's the other thing i've been playing with is i want to get automated blinds uh when my budget recovers (laughs) and they seem to have the ones that um one of my neighbors has them and they they're awesome. Like he's got, I don't know if he uses home assistant, but they open and close like with the angle of the sun. Like it just, mm. it, I've talked to them. They're, they're wonderful. Yeah. Um, so if I'm doing that, do I just go, go in on the Lutron light switches as well for the automations? Do, so do, do you use their bridge, uh, Rohan to get it into home assistant? Or? I do. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit of a hack to get it to work. So was, I, I think they use some proprietary version of like, I don't know, probably Zigbee or something like that. Um, yeah. So it's not, you can't just use a standard um, Zigbee stick. I think you have to use their, um, their bridge. Um, and then there's like two versions of the bridge. There's like the basic one and the plus or whatever they call it. Um, the plus I think allows you to like tell that into the box or like, like do, do whatever. Um, and then pull a certificate out the normal one, which is what I have. You need to do like this, like whole little thing where you go in and run a script and that script may or may not work. Try another script, whatever, pull out the certificates for it. And then, and then, uh, cause uh, home assistant needs those certificates for it to work. So, uh, yeah, so once, once you have those certificates, then it, it's been solid since, I mean, I think I've had to do it once, um, uh, and then, and that was it. But other than that, it was, uh, yeah. So once you have that, then it, everything talks to the bridge and, but as you add new devices and stuff, it just kind of, it's pops up, it's, it works really well. Um, and it so has been does, knock on wood, super solid, right? So has the... I guess, does that bridge get updates? Cause my concern is if I go all in on this, they pull a, um, who's the remote control company that closed up their stuff. Oh, God. Um, Logitech. Logitech. Yeah. Do they pull a Logitech and lock that down? And, and I spent all this money and now well, it's screwed. Yeah. Like, it. yeah. It's, it's entirely possible. One of the things I do like about it is it is still locally controlled. So it's not cloud control. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm like, do I do this? But, the logic tech stuff was locally controlled and then they locked it yeah. down. Like, so is it connected? Like I haven't done enough research on it and we're probably going down a rabbit hole here, but <laughs> is it internet connected as well? Or is it just all local? It is. It is internet connected. Um, the home assistant integration, I think hits it locally. So technically yeah. if you break that internet connection, I, I haven't tried it cause I'm, 
kind of like, all right, whatever. I, I've spent all this money. I guess, I guess, I guess I'm in. Um, but if you do block it, I think it should still work. Maybe that's something I should try. I don't know. But yeah, uh, I would, I would assume so. I just, I just don't want them to pull a Logitech after I spend yeah, gobs of money. Yeah. Doing well, that, that, that's my biggest fear. Cause I, I, I only have, uh, Lutron switches and I've got a couple of their, uh, Pico remotes and stuff like that. Cause just stupid bylaws that are, that are by me. It's like my, my guest, uh, bathroom doesn't have light switches inside it. So I've had to use a remote that's, it's actually outside of it. Uh, and not even on the outside, like the outside wall of it. It's on a pair. Yeah. It's, it's on the next wall next to it. Right. So I've got a little hallway oh, right, God. right outside my door here. Um, uh, and it's on the far wall, not on the same wall that you share with the guest bathroom, which is, which is right next door to me here. It, it, it's the dumbest thing. So I've, I put an, Literally one, uh, I think I mentioned this on the podcast, but we had a guest stay over and she literally showered in the dark. <laughs> She's like, I don't, I don't know where this is. And we were still asleep. And she was like, I'm just, I'm just going to shower in the dark. And I was like, oh my goodness. I like, that's, that's not acceptable for her. Like, that's not uh, an experience so I want for anybody that comes to visit my house. <laughs> Identify the problem, design the solution. hundred percent, hundred percent. And, uh, yeah. But but they do have these really cool uh, wall plates, right? That, that the Pico remotes fit into, yeah. and it looks like an actual switch. So I'm like, okay, that's really neat. Yeah. Um, so we did that. But so I, I do I do really really like the product. I mean they they I mean full disclosure, they did send us like a media kit once and stuff. But that's because of how much I talk about it and how much I um, use their products. I, I do genuinely like their like their stuff, right? Um, but yeah, to your point, Mike, I'm, I'm like, please. Please don't pull a Logitech, right? As much as I'm, yeah. I'm all in on local control, but there's certain again, and and a big thing for me is it's just the depth of my wall box because e behind yeah. each one of my wall boxes, I have like 17 neutral cables just like cranked together, right? And it's yeah. it's like so I, fast was, and can't do it. That that was my old house. Thankfully, not my new one because yeah. um, the the Innovelli ones are are quite quite chunky. So yeah, yeah, but. Rahan, with those remotes, how do you find, like, is there the possibility that you can just pull it off the wall and take it with you? Mm -hmm. Can you then, like, lose it in the back of the couch? Is there, a, like, a find remote button that you can use? There's not. I mean, I, I only use it where I put it up on the wall, so that's not a, that's, that's hopefully not a concern, <laughs> um, depending yeah. on how well my, my screws hold up. But, um, yeah, other than that, it's, it's I, I technically I do have one that's floating around somewhere. Uh, I couldn't tell you where it is, so I guess, but there is no find functions, at least that I know of. Maybe there is, and I just never looked, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's, uh, there isn't. So you probably will lose in the back of your couch. So fair enough. But, just leave it on the wall, Phil. Don't worry yeah, about it. Just, just keep, keep yeah, it simple. I think that's <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I think you just put motion sensors in the bathroom so that when guests come over, they don't have to find a light switch. The lights just turn on for them. I think that's the real answer. I, I thought about that and I pulled a couple of people and they were like, that's too creepy. I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> because yeah, that's what see, I figured right. too, and right? And I was like, mm. yeah. that's why I was hesitant. And that's why I asked. And and people are like, please don't do that. I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. that, <laughs> that, scare my, that would scare my mother-in-law. So oh, don't, mm. that's, a, that's a design, that's a design no. Well, it, it would, uh, I'm just thinking, even for me, if I went into somebody else's bathroom, full well knowing exactly what a motion sensor looks like, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, <laughs> kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, just put a towel over that thing. Yeah, and then it doesn't work. Uh, yeah, yeah. Although with these new like Xiaomi sensors that I'm, like the present sensors that oh. I got, um, did you get an FP1, Phil? Yeah, I've got like seven of them. 
Oh, are they are they good? They're, they're really good. I've actually I mentioned it on the like last release episode. Like um, I love them. Um, yeah, you compared the standard PR yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only annoying like there is one situation where I was sitting on the couch, um, and the thing was directed right at me, and I must have been. I don't know, I must have held my breath or something, but this thing just detected that I wasn't on the couch anymore and it turned the TV off on me. Um, oh, no. So, yeah, it's not like... There, there are some random situations where if you don't move enough, I guess, um, it, it will detect that there's no one in the room, but it's but very rare um, that I've They're like it. millimeter wave something or other? Yeah, or whatever. apparently it's oh, okay. like supposed to be so precise that it can pick up breathing, right? So when your chest is moving in and out, like it will detect oh, I've, differences I've in I've been that. keeping yeah. an eye on those. And if I do I order some on AliExpress and just, just get them? I think so, yeah. So my... Okay. Uh, I only wanted to get the, these high precision ones in things like where you're going to be stationary, right? So bedroom when you're asleep um, or like lying down watching the TV in the bedroom. Same thing on the couch, right? But the other thing I also thought of and uh, on the toilet, right? So if you've got like the bathroom and you're not moving or you're in the shower and, you know, you're not. You know, we just talked about not putting those in the bathroom. I know, first. I know. And this is why like now all of a sudden I didn't realize Rohan you had gone out to town and surveyed people like that would have been information i could have used to <laughs> not buy so many of these that's senses. right that's right um Phil, phil's actually got <laughs> like just, four in each way. bathroom he's got one in each corner <laughs> every yeah. corner right like just uh, <laughs> ship those extra ones my way phil that's I'll, right. I'll put them to good use uh, but yeah so that was my plan um because they are really good at detecting when people leave yeah um like so the problem with like your standard motion sensor is you walk into a room it then has a delay right um as long as it doesn't see motion then yeah um, yeah, it's marked as personal way, but you know, with this because it's so precise, um, within you know thirty seconds of someone leaving a room, it turns things off. But so. those have to be plugged in, right? Yeah, that, yeah that's it. Powered, yeah. Yeah. yeah, powered. And the yeah USB cord's really short on it, and it's yeah. yeah. But I mean, when you want something that high precision, I guess you have to. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I'm I'm toying with doing the. What I have right now in a few rooms are those Ecobee remote temperature sensors, yeah. sensors, mm. and um, that's what I have um, in in the in the nursery. That's how I get the temperature of their room on my watch. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, our current schedule is you know wake up, get them dressed, get them breakfast, send them off to to daycare, and of course, you know, I'm I'm usually down making breakfast while my wife's getting them dressed, and you know she forgets to turn the light off in the room and all the lights yeah. <laughs> upstairs. Um, so like I. I've got a delay. It, the the it could be presence sensor has a delay, but I have an additional delay on it because sometimes it, it's up higher on a shelf, and of course mm-hmm. the girls are only you know so high. So uh, and usually if they're in there, we're sitting on the floor or whatever. I don't want it, the lights to turn off. So I have this like weird long extended sequence to be like, okay, there's definitely nobody in the room. Turn it turn it off. Yeah. Um, so maybe one of those in their room that would be kind of cool. Yeah, definitely like that, and that's why I think they um are really handy, right? Like just that the small movements, you know, like someone small sitting on the ground playing with, you know, Lego or something, right? Like it will detect no. enough movement there. I, I found that the um, Ecobee sensors are very slow to update. Like they're good overall from a temperature perspective because it's like, okay, eventually when I'm in the room, I want comfort, stuff like that. But I found that for a presence, it's kind of not. I got some, I got a pro tip for you, Rohan, okay. that I found okay. out. Okay. It, 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 it took me a while. Um, I got really annoyed with having to refresh the yeah. – um, you have to do the developer credentials. To use HomeKit, uh, the local HomeKit integration yeah. 
and Home Assistant to integrate your Ecobee. The the presence on is instant. Really? Okay. Because I find even yeah. even for not it to talk to the like the main base, I guess, or whatever the thermostat, it's typically fairly inaccurate. Like in, not inaccurate, but like it's nope. uh, fairly takes like ten minutes. No. So this is like maybe maybe thirty seconds to a minute. It's pretty quick oh, now um okay. not going through the cloud there's another don't need to use the internet um my isp has been having some awful packet loss lately yeah. so like there's just not i don't have to worry about that it's it's fairly instantaneous now um on on someone triggering a in presence on using that local home kit integration instead of going through the developer cloud path where you need to update yeah, the, yeah. every couple months i just got pissed oh, off with that, that yeah. so I, I actually haven't yeah, had to do it in, really a, in a very long time, and I'm I'm kind of surprised that I haven't. But maybe they've changed it. Tokens? I don't but know. Yeah, it, I you had to refresh the tokens every so often. It was annoying. Yeah. But now no tokens. You just um, uh, use a HomeKit. Um, I think it's controller integration. Yeah. It auto detects the Ecobee. Uh, you got to go. You have to walk to the thermostat. It's got like a pairing code, and then you're done. Um, so yeah, okay. It's it's been rocking. The only thing I find slow using that method is if you change the temperature, the mode, it yeah. doesn't propagate out to the actual thermostat as quick. It still it still happens, but you don't have that instant feedback, which is I don't do that that often. Yeah. I don't have a lot of automation so that I just let the you could be do the home and away thing. So it hmm. you know, I keep it simple, let it do its smarts. But for the for the presence, yeah, and even the temperature updating, it's much more, it's much quicker. Okay, that's good to know. I might, uh, I might have to play with that. I've been, I've been wanting to play yeah. with the home kit stuff after our episode with Rosemary. I've, I've been wanting to do more uh, kind of home kit focused stuff. I just, I, I just haven't had cycles, but this might actually be the the motivator to do it. Yeah, and that that uh, Rosemary's use of home kit, um, I had been, I'd already been thinking about it and was trying to get my head wrapped around it. And as soon as she came on, a whole bunch of light bulbs came on in my head. Um, I had, and, um, you know, off the top of the show, yeah. you're saying the, um, the contest, um, I used to have an Android box for like my TV and stuff. Mm-hmm. It started doing weird stuff and it, I think the hardware was failing. The power supply on it was going bad, but I ended up replacing it with an Apple TV and the way I had, and this is one of the other automations when you hit the button on the outside of the nursery, it um, with the Android, it, um, you got to turn on like Android debugging mode and do a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But essentially what I had it do was power on and it would turn on the TV um, just through, you know, CEC control. And then it would open VLC app and then give it a specific stream, yeah. RTSP stream to go to for um, uh, have a Unify camera in their, in their bedroom. Nice. So we can see them on the TV downstairs. And um, of course you can't just direct play a stream to Apple TV because Apple, Apple. So, so, but, um, I had already added the home, I had already added the camera into, um, the home kit integration so that, you know, manually on the Apple TV, you go downstairs, you turn on the TV, you hold a button, you have to go to a menu and then, and then you can bring the camera up. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I had been sort of playing with how do I automate that? I had a, it, I had a gross automation that was like, okay, turn on the TV through the Apple TV, wait, 30 seconds okay hold the menu button because you can do that yeah through the automations and then like okay navigate down to yeah. down down and right, over one over yeah, and yeah. <laughs> just so gross yeah and like so brittle it would work like you know three or five times 
And I've been told, I was like, okay, I know you can do like doorbells and all this other stuff. And then Rosemary came on and I was like, oh yeah, you just, you can create your own input booleans and like map them to stuff in HomeKit and like it can pretend to be a doorbell and, you know, light bulb came on and I'm like, oh wait, I can do this. So when, you know, you hit the nap mode, I think I have another um, input Boolean that it uh, you can have it turn on and then automatically turn back off again after a few seconds. And I have that exposed into HomeKit as a doorbell. Right. So now what happens is uh, the automation is, you know, turn on the TV, wait, you know, 15, 30 seconds. Um, that's never been the part that's been brittle. And then what happens is you push the doorbell button. Yeah through the automation and it pops up a notification on the Apple TV and um, it's got a component where you, if you hit the menu button on the remote, it'll bring it full screen. Hmm. And so I, that's the new sequence now. Um, right. And it's been working great. I think it's failed maybe once, but I think it was cause there was, we had, we didn't turn the TV off. It was had a movie going or something for the girls. Sure. So like not a normal use case, but now, um, we, we went to a friend's wedding last weekend. Uh, my sister, their aunt was over watching them and she was, she just like, Oh, the camera's on. I didn't have to think about it. You didn't have to teach me how to use the camera. Yeah. Like it just, it just worked. So, you know, uh, yeah. Thanks to Rosemary, like always get some inspiration from somebody every episode. <laughs> and that was like a big, yeah. Just in time for having a babysitter come over to get the camera to work on the, they get yeah. just perfect timing. Yeah. So my, Mike's up until so five in the morning, push- just like, okay, I gotta get this working. I'll wire it up. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> so is that you push the button and the camera feed will now show up through the Apple TV automatically, or does yep. it pop yep. up and then you have to push something on the Apple TV remote to then get it to go into full screen first? So you have to do that, but the Apple TV um, integration, HomeKit, uh, sorry, not HomeKit, Home Assistant, um, yep. exposes all those buttons as an oh, action. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's it's um, hit the doorbell yeah. input Boolean. Yep. It causes the notification to show up. And then, you know, I think I have a like a wait five seconds, push the menu button on the remote um, yep. through the automation, and then it goes full screen. So it just it just yeah. works, and it's it's been great. Yeah. Before, do you actually see it like popping down, like with your with your original automation? Do you actually see it like going like boop? boop yeah, boop, you'd boop, see it, boop, dude, like whatever. Dude, yeah. yeah, you'd see the select the selected item, and like I, you know, after they had fallen asleep, you know, at ten o'clock at night, I'm like doing. My wife's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Don't worry about it." Yeah, yeah. And yeah. hey, it works. She's like, "Oh, it works again. That's great." I'm like, "Yeah, it doesn't work great, but it, yeah, it's better than it was." So. Yeah, I used to have one of those automations and it would like one button like wouldn't get pressed in the sequence and yeah. then it would start playing something completely yeah, different, yeah. right? Um or you don't know what it was doing and then yeah. This this works a lot, lot better. It's still there's still some timing to it, but I've sure. got it dialed in and it just I think, you know, nine and a half times out of ten it works mm-hmm. every time. So on the timing, have you considered or is there any uh states that you can uh, wait for so I found um, so when I because I've got like some uh, like NSE card readers and so I've got like cards you know like um, Bluey or Frozen you know tap the card and it will do, go through a sequence right similar to you open turn on the TV open up Plex on the Fire TV um, wait for Plex to be ready and then um, send Plex a command to show the movie or TV show what I found was instead of having to wait, you know, like 30 seconds and hoping that the Plex client would be available, um, I could then see the status of the app changing 
And then in home assistant, instead of doing like a delay, I'd do like a wait. And then as soon as that condition was met, it would then proceed immediately. And that just reduced the timing greatly. Yeah. So not for this note, there's no state for that notification showing. And even if it's mm. full screen, the, uh, this, the app that's active in Apple TV is what was running. Right. Right, so um, Netflix opened and yeah. Netflix was still being... Yeah, Netflix yeah, is still the thing, yeah. So yeah. Uh, on your point, uh, my kids also love Bluey. That, that's a wonderful show <laughs> with anybody with kids, if you, yeah. anyone listening. It's uh, it's yeah. really wholesome. Um, it is. And right now, if they want to watch something, we still kind of are the gatekeepers to when they have time and when we're letting them do that. But eventually, um, and you know, I think someone else, I forget their name, many podcasts ago, they had like a credit balance system with their kids. Um, yeah. I don't yep. think I'm going to go that complicated, but I could probably, yeah, yeah I, whoever it was, uh, you know, I've, I've kept that in the back of my head of, I don't, I don't think I want to do that complicated of a system, <laughs> but, I, um, you know, I could probably go, okay, they get home from school. They have this time window to watch something and, you know, get those NFC cards and this one's bluey and whatever. Yeah. And they can tap it. It'll turn on the TV. It'll launch Plex and play the, the episode. I want to go down that route, but it just, it hasn't been necessary yet. Yeah, yeah. I also don't have the yeah. time to, set up all the NFC cards and tools and stuff. So. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, right. Like I've set them up, but we, and I think it works on the living room TV. Last time I checked anyway. Yeah. Um, but my daughter, she knows what the card is. She's tapped it a few times, but uh, she would rather just pull herself up on the couch and grab the TV remote and match the remote for as long as possible. And eventually the TV will somehow do its thing or someone will come and put the, the show on for her. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah what so you were previously using like android for this um was there like a similar flow like was there a certain camera type because i'm considering like i've got a a camera here um with an rtsp like were you able to like show the camera feed live through the android box as well yeah i think uh, i'd have to go look at my um my git history on on that automation but i think the flow there was you know turn on the android box and uh, the way the adb debugging tools worked is you could basically say run VLC with this parameters and you just pass it to your TSP stream and it would just open and, and play it for you. So Okay. And so and that was gonna be my next question like why using VLC? So I'm guessing VLC you can then pipe it to the RTSP stream. Yeah, you just it pass it the parameter and it just yep. worked. Whereas That's the cool. Apple TV doesn't let you do that. So it's a of whole course. other thing. Yeah. Well of course it is. What is your n- number one favorite automation that you've got right now uh it's it's just got to be all the stuff around the kids it's just it simplifies a whole bunch of things um like those are the problems that i notice and you know identify the problem create a solution for it um you know where i want to get to is when i have the time and the budget is you know have it something and i've played with those um uh, I've got more ES- I've got lots of ESP devices that I tinker with when I have time. Um, you know, uh, ESP Home is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. I've got what I want to get to is like follow me room to room. Like if nobody's in the room, turn off the lights, whatever. And problem is, I, like I've got my watch. My wife doesn't have one. She'll leave her phone in like a random room, so I can't yeah. can't depend on that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe go down the FP one route, but the, what I really need to get, and you know, the girls are two and a half, they don't have phones, they don't have watches. How do I know when they're home or not? Um, mm. so actually now that I think about it, you're reminding me, my favorite automation right now is the reminder to go pick them up from daycare. Um, yeah. so 
you know, you're working. This isn't you're the bad away. parenting podcast. This is the home. <laughs> no, this is, this is the, this is the, this is the, uh, force yourself to do things to, to make your life easier. Uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and the problem was, uh, you know, you're working away, you're focused on a task with yeah. work. You're just solving problems. Um, you know, I code for a living. So you just get in the zone Yep. yep. and then you look at the time and you're like, Oh crap, I got to pick him up in five minutes. Yeah, ah, let's go. Or oh, they're and calling you saying, Hey, we're about to charge you over. I have no, right? I haven't had that happen yet. I've, I've, Ooh, I've, that's I've nice. been good. I've been good. Um, <laughs> never had that yet. This, this solves the problem though. So essentially what I have is, um, an automation that, um, I use the proximity, um, integration and I've got a zone at their daycare. So I've got it, um, keyed off of, um, either my phone or, uh, what I find more reliable because it updates much more frequently is, um, uh, uh, I have a, I have a model Y, a Tesla, and um, I can get to how I'm getting that in the home assistant in a second. But if my phone or the car enters the proximity zone of the daycare, um, set a daytime uh, input and for, you know, I think I have it set for a quarter to four in the afternoon. And um, it does, when that triggers, it just pushes a, a critical notification to my, my uh, through the home assistant app to my phone. And it makes a big loud sound on my watch or my phone. And, um, that reminds to like knock me out of the focus that I might be in. Yeah. 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 And the other thing, the other nice thing about um, having a, a, an electric vehicle is you can just with your phone, you say, start yeah, warm up the car, conditioning yeah. the interior, right. To warm up the car. But right now it's cool, cool down. down the car cause it's yeah. summer and it's stinking hot outside. <laughs> um, and the car is 40 degrees, like just bring cool. So yeah. what, what is, what stinks is that I never got to play with the Tesla integration before it got removed from home assistant a while ago. And, um, what would have been nice is what I'm doing right now is, um, that manually also reminds me to hit the, mm-hmm. you know, HVAC button on, on the app to, so when I get outside, the car's ready to go. Yeah. And, um, what, what, what would be great is if I could do that automatically, um, without having to think about it and still have that reminder to be like, Oh yeah, wake up. It's time to, to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, that one right now is probably my new favorite. It just, it, there's a manual human in the loop step to it. Cause I physically have to go pick yeah, the kids yeah. up, but uh, you know, on, um, <laughs> tracking the kids. Um, so I have a, a two year old daughter, so she is no phone, you know, no like sense implants, of, nothing, no anything, right? No, no okay. nothing. Right. Um, but we do have, um, her, a change bag, I guess, like, you know, nappies and, you know, yeah. that's her, yep. you know, her nuclear football, right? Like that goes yeah. everywhere. Um, so I put a little tile tracker in there, one of those Bluetooth trackers. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, she doesn't have a phone, so if she's out by herself for whatever reason, a two-year-old, you know, decides to take herself out with her backpack. Um, or <laughs> one of you should probably assuming, find out if that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming her, her grandparent might be with her at that right. point, but they'll yeah. still have the nuclear football. Um, because they don't have like the tile app installed, um, what I instead do is I have, uh, I'm using room assistant around the house. Um, and that then can see the tile tracker, um, when it's in the house. So if I know that that tile tracker has left the house, I know that my daughter has left the house. Um, yeah. So you, you mentioned that I literally just ordered some Bluetooth, not tile, but low energy mm, things. Yeah. Um, I heard two of them. Now, my problem is, um, so what I have right now is I'm using a Bayesian sensor to sort of guess 
whether they're home or not. I was going to say that, and that's yeah. another thing too. Right? I've got another like a Bayesian sensor for my wife and for my daughter to say, are they home, right? Yeah. Um, so so it's, is it a work day? They're probably at yep. daycare. Um, you know, did I, did I visit that proximity zone for daycare today? Interesting. Well, you gone to that level. So too. like if they're yeah. sick, which happens all the time now and cause COVID you can't take yep, them yep, if yep. You're, like, even if they got a runny nose. So, yeah. and, um, and you still got to pay. Gotta pay I was just going to say, yeah, I still got to, <laughs> I still got to pay for it. Yeah, exactly. So this is why I don't have money to buy more <laughs> light switches and things. But um, one of the things I do on on weekends uh, is um, they're napping at home still and like turn on the little fan I have in their room to start mm -hmm. cooling it down like an hour ahead of nap time. But don't do that when they're not home. Mm -hmm. I haven't actually I haven't actually integrated the Bayesian sensor yet because I haven't tuned it quite right. Like I have it. Yeah. It shows up on my watch. So I know like visually like, OK, it's on, it's off. And, um, I, I haven't quite tuned it right. Cause right now it's on They're home, but they're not. My wife has taken them off to, um, uh, our family has a trailer up by a town with the beach here. They're not home right now, but all my automations for them are like the fans yeah. been turning on yesterday and today yeah. for nap time and bedtime, like that, that pre cool. I'm like, ah, oh, crap, I got to turn that off. So, um, yeah. I, I literally just ordered some low energy trackers and, um, that'll, I think I want to feed that into the Bayesian sensor because there's the nuclear football uh we're potty training so it doesn't always yeah. leave the house mm. with us like if we're going yeah. on a long trip or a, an extended time away from the house yes but if we're going to the park yep. you know it's, it's not safe. it's yeah. not home with us so, so um you know uh, yeah it's it's trying to figure that out next year they're going to go to school so maybe i'll like sew them into their backpacks and then i know well, individually when they're home yeah, yeah. Or like so in their it's, it's, in their yeah, like I haven't gotten there yet. I don't know in, in like a belt loop or something like that. If they if they if they're wearing something with a belt loop, right? Like, but I figure their bags are going with them to school, yeah. right? So yeah, I haven't. If you're if you're a kid like yeah, me, your bags your bags aren't ever going to be attached to you. Your bags going to be in one <laughs> end of the house, and I'm going to be somewhere else. So. Well, that's the beauty of this new um, uh, uh, the Bluetooth the uh, proxy ESP yeah. home thing. Yeah. Like you, I've got a couple of those elsewhere and um, I've been playing with ESP presence, which is kind of like room assistant. Yep. Um, I haven't got it quite dialed in yet. Um, and I haven't actually had time to like, you know, I have to do those little yep. adjustments to like bring down the range and stuff. Um, I haven't had time to do that, but it would, that yeah. it kind of breaks my design philosophy and make it simple. If my wife doesn't remember to bring her phone with her to every room, it just doesn't work. And it would only be yep. to my benefit. Yeah. So, um, you know, maybe sticking one of those FP ones, uh, actually my wife's desk is like right beside me. Um, yeah. and if I stick one in the corner, cause she'll come down and be working in the dark and I'll come down with my coffee and my breakfast and my hands are full. <laughs> and it's just like, uh, I'm going to trip on some toys because yeah, I can't yeah, yeah. see anything. So yeah. if it knew that she was down here, it would turn on the lights. And then when I come down after I, you know, take the kids to daycare and come back and I've got coffee and breakfast and my laptop under one arm. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not dying on some toys that I can't see. So, uh, <laughs> that's sort of where it's at. What Bluetooth low energy tracker did you go with? Um, so I've got, I forget what they're called. Um, actually I have one right here. These, um, I'm using this for the doorbell. There's these like M five, uh, uh, atom switches. Mm. So there's okay. this little, little uh, ESP device right here that's attached to the relay and all that jazz. These you can get on their own. And um, that, that is what's doing the um, detection. Um, mm -hmm. Once I get this all set up, but for tracker, I've so far just been using my watch um, yep. when I've had time to kind of play with it. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know if I'm going to go down that route 
as I just mentioned, because it would only benefit yeah, me and my, yeah. my wife doesn't want an Apple watch or anything like that. So it just, it just wouldn't work. Yeah. And honestly with her, she'd take it off and leave it somewhere to charge and then never wear it for the rest that's, of the day. So that's exactly anyway. what mine does. It's yeah. I think with anything like this way, if you've got like the room sensors, right, it's agnostic to whoever it is, right? Mm-hmm. It could be a yeah. grandparent down there playing with kids, right? It could be your wife working. It could be, you know, anyone. Um, it doesn't have to be someone wearing a device that you know what yeah. the device ID is. And I think it yeah, makes more sense to me. Yeah. There was a period where we, the kids weren't in daycare, uh, but we were still working and my parents were coming over for like uh, one day and my, my mm. sister-in-law would come over and help us. Cause uh, they weren't, my parents were retired and my sister-in-law wasn't working at the time. And it was like, I was trying to add in tracking their devices. Um, uh, I've also got Unify set up as device tracker. Um, so in home assistant, I've got um, my person and my wife's person. You can, you can add multiple devices, right? So I've got it tracking mm-hmm. both our home assistant app and um, the Wi-Fi um, presence on the network. And that's been rock solid. I haven't had any issues with our home and away um, status. But when I was trying to track parents and grandparents, it was... Yep. It wasn't, I didn't have the time to go into their phone and say, you know, in Apple, you have to say, don't, don't randomize my Mac address. Mm, yep. It, yep. That just wasn't working. Privacy stuff. Yeah. So, um, I have another input that's sort of like guests are present. And the way I'm doing that is, um, I, I don't have it hooked up to any automations yet because it hasn't solved a problem yet, but it's ready to go when I need it. But essentially if any device is connected to, I've got a separate, um, guest network and on the unify side of things you can i think have a template that counts the number of devices on the guest network and if just anybody's connected to that i know somebody a guest is here like if a babysitter is going to be here that's not our family like they're going to want on the wi-fi right like that's a, a pretty good given so i it'll count how many people guests are there and if it's greater than zero it's on um i haven't wired it up to anything yet but i'm, I'm sure i'll get there because I don't have any automations that turn off the lights at like midnight or whatever. I, I just manually like, you know, turn them off as I go. Um, or I, I, you know, tell the Amazon lady, uh, Hey, you know, do the good night sequence and it just turns everything off. But, um, you know, I don't have, a, a, everything shuts off at midnight type thing. So I don't have anything to worry about yet, but yeah, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll get there is, you know, even if we go for a vacation, is someone here watching the dog or something like it, it hasn't been a problem I've had to solve yet, you know? <laughs> Well, I've had the same thing like, uh, you know, when uh, grandparents are home and, you know, my wife and I both leave the house, um, I would have, you know, the house uh, would turn on the alarm panel um, to say, you know, and that would shut everything down, right? But then obviously grandparents are home with, you know, looking after our daughter. Oh, sorry. Uh, All of a sudden they're watching TV. They'll be watching Bluey, right? And TV goes off. Not ideal. So now I've got um, just send a notification to my phone, right? do you want to, um, like, has everyone left the house, right? Um, yeah. That's just a fail safe. So are you using, uh, what are you using for the alarm panel? Is it Alarmo? Uh, yes, Alarmo. Yeah, so I don't have a physical alarm panel, but it is a, like a, 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 a like a software version, which is the Alarmo yeah. um, component in Home Assistant. Yeah, my friend just started using that, and he said it's fantastic, and I, I, I just put it on my to-do list because I haven't had time to figure yeah, it out. it's awesome. Like, just the way... Um, you put in, you know, this is a zone. You can create multiple zones. There's a master one if you want to use it. I found it a bit annoying to use the master one at the moment. I'm thinking about getting rid of it. 
Um, but yeah, you just put in, you know, this sensor belongs to this zone. Um, you can put like night mode, away mode, vacation mode, um, and that'll, yeah, creates, you know, all the applicable entities in Home Assistant. It's awesome. So does it like if it's armed and it detects motion, does it like play big scary well, alarms through your 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 sonar speakers <laughs> or something or like what eventually does it do? yeah I, I haven't got it doing anything except for sending me an alert at the moment oh okay um, so it's just front, hey. like, the app yeah um you can like so once the alarm is triggered you can get get home assistant to do any automation you want um so it really yeah oh so, so it, alamo is not like what it will do alamo is basically just the control panel you would then need to um program what actions Home assistant takes when right. Home is so it it fuses all those sensors together and gives one thing back to home assistant to say alarm or not, and then you have to design the rest of it. Is that pretty much? Yeah. So you would say, okay, um, let's say like you've got your garage, right? So you would say, all right, there's the basement motion sensor, the garage motion sensor, this door, and all that. Um, you can do like, um, uh, and then depending on the mode, like for a motion sensor is uh, detect like if it detects motion, then it would know, okay. Uh, this zone has this motion sensor. Um, it's now in its arm state, so now we need to trigger the alarm. And that just changes the alarm control panel entity in Home Assistant from um, armed away to I think it uh, is alarming or alarmed or it has a state. Um, and from there you can then do it like an automation in Home Assistant, right? Like if this alarm control panel goes to um, alarming state, then send this notification. Alarmo does okay. have like some built-in, like you can use any notify service. So from the Alamo UI, you can say, all right, if this, if the alarm panel is triggered, send this notification to this notification service. Um, but yeah, if you wanted to do like sirens or anything like fire off a script, you would do that outside yourself in your own Got it. automation. So you have, to, you have to trigger off the alarming and do what you want. It doesn't do that yeah. for you. It just kind of fuses all that together for you. Yeah. And right Sweet. now I'm a bit, you know, hesitant to um, just go ahead and put a siren outside because I don't trust that, you know, it won't accidentally be triggered by me testing an automation and then I don't want to annoy my neighbours. So, uh, but I do want to eventually get, you know, maybe like a, a Twilio integration so it will phone me um, when something happens because, I, yeah, it is. I've seen a couple of times, you know, oh, alarm is triggered because uh, something's moved or, you know, there's a motion sensor that's accidentally, you know, triggered, but it would be nice to actually know, okay, hang on, we're all out of the house and motion's just been detected. Maybe it's not just a, a phone app notification. It should be a phone call to say something's not right. Yeah. yeah. That's where I, I'm at. I, yeah, I think my friend set it up. This Sonos speakers will play a thing or something. Get out of the house. I'm coming home. Like, yeah. Yeah. The other thing is, you mentioned my garage. The it's mm. it's still internet connected. My queue, which it broke frequently for the longest time. They were changing stuff. I've, I've done. I've <laughs> so I've got one of those. Um, so we have down here, like yeah, they're all different brands, right? And I can see like it's my queue integrated. I was like, oh, I'll just buy the module, right? Um, and then I saw on the home assistant forums, like everyone was like, don't go my queue. Um, it's rubbish. It so. it was so rubbish. It broke so often. I think there was this cat and mouse game going on. And I got to the point where I've actually soldered on wires to the button to, you know, do it myself. And I haven't had, to, I haven't I gotten angry enough to have to do it because it hasn't broken in a while. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it's, it's on my to-do list when I have time to do those things, but it hasn't been, it hasn't broken in a long time. So either, you know, the MyQ people stop messing with their API or whatever the, you know, community came up with or a solution is just work. So thank you to those guys. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to try and go like a, a HomeKit controller. Um, I don't. I'm an Android guy. We don't have many yeah. Apple stuff, but because the HomeKit stuff's local, right? If I can find a HomeKit controller and then just integrate it straight into Home Assistant, um, I think that'd be ideal. Just because all it is is a relay, right? Like just yeah, open up the garage. So push push this button. Yeah, that's on my to do list at one one point. Um, but. Mike, thank you so much. So Rohan's internet just decided to randomly die, I think, uh, you know, as as he does. So Rohan is gone. But, Mike, really appreciate you uh, coming on. Um, yeah, you've got some awesome stuff. And, yeah, certainly can help me out with my automations uh, for my daughter, I think. Got some good ideas from you. Yeah, feel feel free to send me a message on Discord or whatever, you know, where to find me. So, yeah, I uh, really appreciate coming on. I love, I, I like, I, I listen to it every time it comes out. Uh, it always inspires me uh with something someone always has a great idea so i really you know appreciate appreciate you guys doing this every couple weeks or whatever so yeah and i really appreciate it thank you very much yeah thanks have a good one cheers if you want to share your home assistant journey or come on as a guest reach out to us at feedback at haspodcast.io that's h-a-s-s podcast.io Home Assistant Podcast is hosted by Phil Hawthorne and myself, Rohan Karamandi. For links to topics we discussed today, check out our show notes on haspodcast.io.